0: to english in 10 minutes real unscripted english conversations about people places and their stories after you listen to the episode visit in 10 minutescom
1: today i have a very special guest who is my father jeff dad welcome Thank you very much. I'm very honoured to be here. And so after all of these episodes, it's finally time that we actually talked about our home country, which is Australia. So you were born and bred there. You've lived there all your life. How would you describe it to somebody who didn't know anything about it? Large, usually sunny, laid back,
0: friendly, and very diverse in its, uh, in its landscape. And culture there
1: to a degree. I think it's a country that fascinates a lot of people. I remember when I first went overseas in 2001, everybody was very curious. They would say, what's it like? And, and everybody thought it was a very exotic country. That actually kind of annoyed me at the time because I thought we were coming into a, a real modern age in the country. And um, we just had hosted the Sydney Olympics. And I thought, you know, this is a first world modern country and the kind of 1980s crocodile Dundee aspect of Australia. I thought we should leave that behind and kind of move forward. Um, How do you see that?
0: I'm not sure that I would describe it as exotic. Um, We have moved forward, there's no question about that. The uh, crocodile dundee, uh, kangaroos hopping down the main street of Sydney, image certainly was alive and well for many, many years. And unfortunately, we had an episode only a few months ago where there was actually a kangaroo hopping across the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Is that right? That is right. And I'm not sure where it came from. (laughs) Somebody's backyard or a a zoo. And I think that gained a bit of worldwide coverage and probably set us back about 20 years.
1: Yeah, maybe it did. But obviously in your lifetime, you must have seen huge changes in Australia from when you were growing up. Absolutely huge.
0: And and the same for people elsewhere in the world. But in in my early days as, as a sub-teenager I guess, um, it was a very basic, we had no television until 1956, um, all activities were just playing, playing outdoors, um, there was no feeling of any threat from bad people if you like, um, and it was time to come indoors when the streetlights came on and, and mum wasn't out looking for you, she, she knew you, you were safe. And it it was very, very different then, so we'd come through huge, huge changes from television to the the electronic world until we're now up there with the rest of them, I think.
1: Yeah, I think the other thing is that probably when you were younger, Strayev still very much looked to England as the kind of mother country. So you grew up using English currency until 1966 or thereabouts? 1966. And singing God Save the Queen as the national anthem? Absolutely. Until, I think, 1984 or something crazy like that.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, So that not colonialism, I'm not sure whether that's the
1: correct word. Post-colonialism.
0: Post-colonialism carried on for quite a long time and there are still many people in Australia trying to change that. Uh, The Republican movement is quite strong and uh, many people feel we should have our own head of state and uh, pay allegiance to ourselves really instead of someone else. But there are many, many people who still quite like the the old ties.
1: Yeah, I think between your generation and my generation, that really switched from England being the kind of country to look at, the larger country to look at, larger in stature, not in actual size, uh, to the United States. And I think probably the key event that sparked that was the Vietnam War. But that's another story. Because when I was little, when I was very little, I thought Australia was one half of the world and America was the other half of the world.
0: Um, Yeah, America certainly has taken uh, a little bit away from the the allegiance or the recognition of England as, the, as our source of culture and all those sort of things. I think television has, has made a big difference there as well. And the the younger people certainly have embraced the American television culture, the American shows, and that then affects um, their behaviour or their who they follow. They might all of a sudden be following the... The basketball, whereas they wouldn't have been doing that before. Um, cricket may have taken a little bit of a back seat because of that for the younger people. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's changed immensely.
1: Yeah, well, Speaking of which, it's a big sporting nation, Australia. It's a big part of who Australians are. Um, cricket is almost kind of the national sport in, in a way because our football codes are divided between regions in Australia. So I think most people actually prefer the football that they follow to cricket, but everybody kind of likes cricket, whereas where we're from in Sydney, in the state of New South Wales, the winter sport that most people follow is rugby league. In Melbourne and in other, uh, other parts of the country, it's Australian rules football. Um, but that's a big part of the Australian identity, I think. It's
0: very parochial, uh, the, the following of the football codes and uh, a lot of friendly banter um, between the, the various states uh, regarding that. Um, football, or soccer as we know it, but football as it's known in this part of the world, doesn't have a particular base, it's spread all the way around the country, so there's a little bit of um, uniformity there, but yes, the football code is definitely a dividing one, and there's an annual battle in the rugby league, the the one you mentioned, between New South Wales and Queensland, and that is, that's war.
1: (laughs) It is war, and it's quite funny because it's between two different states. Um, but when you're growing up, you, you learn to just hate the other state like, like crazy you know, because of that. But then when you get a bit older, you kind of realize that everybody's Australian and um, it doesn't really matter that much. But no, it's, it, it's hugely popular, though.
0: Oh, it is hugely popular. And, and also, the, um, the teams are chosen from where the players are born. So what you actually can have very frequently is players who normally play week by week together, and then all of a sudden in this annual three-match series, they're playing against each other, and you would think that they didn't like that person at all. It's so intense.
1: Right, and so State of Origin is what this is called, and so the tagline for many years, I don't know if they still do it, was State against State, Mate against Mate. I think they still use that. I'm sure they do. So when I was younger, we didn't travel a huge amount around Australia, because we tended to do trips where we could drive and, and go camping and things like that, because we were a family of five. But... Later, once we all grew up, you and Mum have been able to travel quite a bit around different parts of Australia. So which of of those places really stood out for you?
0: Um, A couple in particular. The far north Queensland area of Cairns, uh, and in particular a little village, I'll call it, north of that called Port Douglas. Very, very nice. And they are gateways to the Great Barrier Reef, and we've been privileged to go out there and, and snorkel. Um, on the reef a few times. The reef is running into a bit of uh, trouble from the environment at the moment, and there are, there are many calls for a lot of money to be spent to try and solve this problem. But anyway, that that certainly is a feature. The other one that stands out to me is there's a small island. I think it's about the fourth largest island off Australia, called Kangaroo Island, off South Australia, down in the uh, down in the south. And that is it's so diverse. It has so many different things in a small area uh, lots of wildlife um, seals bees pure purebred bees which have been there for many many years originally from from Italy and they've never been contaminated by by other bees it's just a hugely interesting um, foodie type place um, and that, that's the other one that stands out and the red Center of course uh, air rock or Uluru as we should call it uh, it's just it's fascinating and particularly coming from a coastal area with lots of gum trees and ocean and then all of a sudden to go out there and just see this rich red soil uh, and deep blue sky and this magnificent rock is, is something special.
1: Yeah so it's pretty much the symbol of Australia I guess quite embarrassingly, I, embarrassingly I've never seen it um, in person but as you said we used to call it Ayers Rock when I was a kid and certainly when you were a kid yes. uh, Uluru is the Aboriginal name and it's a huge part of Aboriginal culture and history, and they're doing a lot more now to protect it, right? Because you used to just be able to climb it, and now you can't.
0: It was a almost a, a, a right or a, a, a task, if you like, when you went out there to climb Ayers Rock in days gone by. For the last maybe 20 years, they have discouraged this, um, and... Now I believe it's virtually banned, and, that, and that's a good thing. Um, it is an amazing, amazing site. It is very, very special for the Aboriginal community, and we should respect their rights that they don't want us clambering all over the top of it. Uh, and it can be dangerous as well. It's, it's quite, uh, I think people have died trying to climb it. Um, it. It's a special place.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well, thank you very much for your insight on Australia. Pleasure.
0: listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit englishin10minutes.com.